Hello, and welcome back to KPMG's GTA Come As You Are podcast. My name is Brittany Hartland, and this is the show where we connect with members of our KPMG community on a variety of topics and learn about their stories, experiences, and share other resources. Now, this is your chance to take a break, make a coffee, have your lunch. If you haven't been outside yet and you're able to, use this time to get some fresh air while you listen. This is our second episode of our first series release called This Is Me Unfiltered, where we are going to continue the conversation about mental health. I have Alario and Asma joining me again today. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having us, Brittany. Yes, Britt. Thanks for having us. So when I reflect on your stories from last week and even kind of looking back at my own experiences with mental health, getting help was really hard. For me, it was hard for a few reasons. When I think about it, the biggest one was that I was trying to deal with it on my own. Although this was before the pandemic, I was working from home four days a week. I lived alone. My now fiance was in Italy and my family lives three hours away. Nobody knew what was going on. I was having panic attacks regularly that could last hours, depressive episodes, and anxiety. And again, no one knew. I was able to pull myself together to show up on a call. And no, we didn't use video calls back then. And most of the time, I could get myself into the office for that one day a week. So when I sent my manager an email saying, my doctor says I need to be off work for six weeks, so today is my last day and I'm going on medical leave, it sure came as a surprise. If I back up from that and just talk about the process just to go see my doctor, that felt like a a whole ordeal on its own. When I was basically at my breaking point, I opened up to my sister and it was really her who convinced me to go to the doctor. And it took a lot of convincing. I pretty much found every excuse I could to say no. (laughs) Um, I had to take the day off work. I had to take the subway. I had to take a go bus. I had to take a city bus. And I had to walk probably another 10 minutes just to get to my doctor's office. So for a situation that felt very overwhelming in its own, all of those reasons seemed like really good reasons to not go to see my doctor. I ended up going. When I was finally there, I had to explain everything that was going on, which caused me to have a panic attack right there in her office. She also proceeded to tell me that I needed to go on medication, which made me even more upset. Um, And she also did confirm that I needed to take time off work. Looking back, I just had so much self-stigma. I had self-stigma with taking time off work. I had self-stigma with taking medication. I felt like I was letting people down, and most of all, I just felt like I was failing. So what was your experience like in getting help? I think you hit it on the head at the end there, Brittany, when you said, I felt like I was letting people down, I was failing. Uh, Those were the, the, I, I was saying those words to myself, oh, just over and over again as I I uh, was coming to grips with the fact that, um, you know, I'm bipolar. Uh, I was struggling with depression. Uh, I had a wife and child and um, my wife, uh, you know, she was uh, she wasn't dealing with, the, you know, the, the postpartum very well. Um, she, uh, she struggled with postpartum depression at that time, too. So I really did feel like as a, a father and a husband that I was failing them. Um, and it was very, very, very difficult. Again. Uh, it was all self-stigma. 
I wasn't letting anybody down. I was just feeling the way I felt. I was, you know, my brain works the way it works and all that stuff. So for me to initially get help, it was at my lowest of lows. Um, being bipolar, I've dealt with depressive episodes uh, many times um, from when I was, you know, in my late teens all the way up until even just as recently as a month ago. Um, they, they happen, uh, but when that particular episode happened roughly, you know, six years ago, it was bad. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't go to work. I, I, I couldn't do anything. I, everything I loved to do normally, I couldn't bear to do. I, I just, I just couldn't do anything. Um, but uh, eventually, I, I, I just said enough's enough. I, I just couldn't take it anymore. Um, and the, the, I, I just made a phone call and I broke down and I, someone came, got me and took me to where I needed to be. And it, it was, it was a very difficult experience, but it was a great one in the end. So, but yeah, the stuff, the self stigma, when, I, when I found out I'm bipolar, uh, immediately just, uh, just the thought of it. And, um, you know, what does that mean? Am I crazy? Um, it, it, you know, I, there was so much stigma, even when I found out what I had, um, I, I couldn't get over it at, at the beginning part, but getting through it was a lot easier once I took that first step. It mm-hmm. was just coming to grips with that for sure. The first step's often the hardest. Absolutely. I agree. And my experience was similar to your, uh, Brit and, uh, Ilario. And I think it's self-denial, just even recognizing that you're having these problems. You you just want to go about life pretending it doesn't happen or it's not there. But uh, I started suffering from anxiety and depression to the extent that I was having this gagging reflex every day when I would wake up in the morning because I had so much inbuilt anxiety and it would last for hours till the afternoon. So it was really hard for me to get through those mornings. At night, I was having trouble sleeping and my appetite had dramatically decreased All this was taking a toll on my life, uh, my marriage, and I was feeling very disconnected with my spouse. Even though he was trying his best to do everything he could help me, I just, I was feeling very disconnected. And I think when I was finally near my breaking point, I opened up to my older sister as well, Britt, and she's a doctor and she lived in a different country and had really no idea what I was going through. I just remember crying and telling her that, you know, all this pain and anguish I'm feeling inside. And she's the one who convinced me that I have to go see a therapist, that I, if I didn't, I would not be strong enough and well enough to take care of my daughter, my family, and that I had to do this for them. And I think that was the push that I needed to force myself to get help uh, as my mama bear instincts kicked in. And I knew if I didn't get help and fast, I would be in no state to be the mother that my daughter deserves. So I think having that self-realization that you need help and recognizing that uh, you need to do this for others around you because you're not being your true self is really important. Mm -hmm. You know, what's so weird about self-stigma is that you can... The same thing could be happening to someone else and what you would say to them and think for them is so different than what you're saying to yourself and thinking to yourself when you're going through that situation. So for me, like that comes to mind when I'm with medication, you know, there's, there's people in my life who, who take before me had was, were taking medication for mental health reasons. And I'm like, yeah, 
if you need to take it, you take it. Like what's the difference with any other medication that you take, right? But then in that in the doctor's office when my doctor said, "Okay, you need to go on this medication." I had a breakdown about it. I I called my sister when I left saying, "Oh my god, I have to go on medication. What's wrong with me? Why do I have to take it? I don't want to take it." Like this was my whole thought process. Meanwhile, a month prior, I had that conversation helping somebody else who was had the same self-stigma about medication. So it's just it's so bizarre how how that self-stigma is so powerful and can yeah. change. I'm amazed by that one too, Brittany, cuz I still to this day refuse to take medication for my condition too. And yeah. and I'm openly saying that I've I I struggle with a, a mental health condition. So mm-hmm. um it you're 100% right. It's so true. Yeah. Uh, oddly enough, but the la- what's crazy is is that the self stigma that we impose is so made up. It yeah. really is. Uh, I I told myself yeah. this so many times that you know I'm crazy and, you know, people are going to look at me like I'm psychotic and um, I can't control my emotions, et cetera. And, and I knew I could control my emotions. I was actually very good at it. Um, but that, that worry of what everybody was going to think about me was just it was so powerful at the time. Um, took a, took a long time to get through it, but you, you, once you get past that, it, it's so much easier because there's so, no one's, no one, no one's thinking of you that way. Yeah. yeah and, so. and I couldn't agree more with Alaris' comment that uh, it's everyone's uh, perception of yourself that you think you're, that you're most worried about, right? Like you, you want to be the perfect mom, the perfect wife, the perfect employee, the perfect friend. And uh, you keep thinking, if I actually open up and say, I'm actually struggling, I'm having these challenges, I need help, that you're somehow failing all these uh, people that you love so dearly, which is not the case. Uh, because with while you're struggling, you aren't able to be the best version of yourself, the best mom, the best wife, the best friend or the best employee. And I think just recognizing that, that, that self-stigma is so self-imposed and that if you can just recognize it and come out of it and see that if you get help, you'll actually be able to be a better version of yourself is so important. Were there any resources um, that either of you accessed uh, either through KPMG or, or outside of KPMG that helped you? I can go on this one. So I actually started using the $2,000 firm funded KPMG mental health benefit to seek out a psychologist when I started on my healing journey. And uh, I also now use our League Health Concierge app through which I use uh, Inkblot, a company that helps you find therapists online for one-on-one video counselings, which has been fantastic because during the pandemic, uh, you actually were having more anxiety and more stress. And I thought having that uh, online virtual video calls was such a uh, fantastic thing because I was able to schedule um, a session whenever I needed without having uh, the worry about, you know, booking an appointment with my psychologist and, you know, finding a couple of weeks ahead and just, you know, waiting on that. So I think that was really helpful for me. Yeah, I, I've used many of those. Uh, I've used all of those, actually. Um, the other one was the EFAP hotline. Um, that was actually uh, probably my first phone call in to, to get assistance with my situation. Um, and I didn't even phone call. Even. I actually did use the text messaging functionality on it. Oh, I've never used I, that one. Yeah, the online chatting function. Um, yeah. I couldn't at the time voice the words that 
I am struggling with, like, I am depressed. I have depression. I couldn't, I couldn't say, I couldn't verbalize it. I, I tried multiple times and I just couldn't. So it, somehow it was just easier for me to type it. So I went on the online chat. Um, I said it, someone called me and we talked about it without me having to say those words, which was very comforting and it made things a lot easier for me to start the process. Um, they got me in touch with, um, a, you know, a resource uh, through Mona Chappelle to uh, provide some uh, the, the psychologist uh, to talk to and uh, to start doing some therapy to help me through my my uh, depressive episode at the time. And uh, I've used the Inkblot as well, other resources, the $2,000. Um, and, uh, you know, and one of the overlooked items was my performance manager in the firm was super in the whole process, uh, really helpful. And some of my other mentors, um, you know, I know they're not on their website, but they're, they're there. Um, and I couldn't have done it without them. That's amazing. Such a good point. Just opening up to your performance manager or your mentors, just, it, it's really helpful because they're there to support you. I couldn't agree more with you on that point. Yeah. My one, my one mentor in particular that, you know, I, I still thank him so much for this day. And I talked about it last time was, you know, they took an active interest. They found out my schedule and they were making sure I was going to my sessions. Uh, they made sure I ate. That was the other part too, right? Asthma, uh, you're not eating. You know, he was making sure I was getting lunch. I was taking a lunch break and uh, eating something um, and so forth. I was going outside. I was mm. not overwhelmed, et cetera. It, super important to have that support resource at the firm too. Mm -hmm. One of the resources that I've used recently that um, it's called Ability CBT. I, I really didn't know much about it, to be honest, but I was just looking for some other ways to get support because uh, I have a lot of speak when I shared I have adjustment disorder I have a lot of changes coming up in the next two months I'm moving I'm getting married we're building a house lots of stuff going on so I I recognized I I need to ensure I'm I'm focusing on on my own self care right now um, and I've just started using Ability CBT so it's a an app uh, you answer a bunch of questions and then they have um, you get paired with a therapist but also there's almost like, I don't want to say it's a course, but there's some learnings that you can kind of do through the app to help, um, build, I'd say, build up your self-care routine and things that you can do to support yourself. League has, a, we have the League app as well, and they yeah. have a number of other resources on there that I've used that I think, you know what, and now that I think about it, it I use them for this particular, for my mental health as well. You know, they do have the the guided meditation courses, the, the, the challenges as well, mm -hmm. um, that I started using just, you know, I was thinking, oh, you know, my therapist had recommended you need to drink more water. You should take, you know, do yoga. And it was all there. I didn't have to go outside and get it somewhere else. I can actually do it in my own home, hidden in my office. Uh, so nobody saw me doing yoga cause <laughs> no one wants to see that. Come on. Um, but um, there, there's a number of other resources on there that are so beneficial from that perspective um, and from health, other health reasons wise as well. Yeah. Agreed. I've actually done those wellness challenges on league for water and diet and just uh, sleep even. So there are quite a few number. And Britt, your ablet CBT sounds really good. I, I'm, I'll make sure I check that out as well. Yeah. 
So uh, mental illness, you know, as we've said, it can be really isolating if we let it. So don't let it. Ask for help. Go to someone that you trust in your circle of care and consider accessing some of the KPMG resources that we've we've talked about today that we've leveraged that have helped us. So Marno Chappelle's Employee and Family Assistance Program, League, Lumino, WellCan, Ability CBT. Those are to name a few, but you can go on our web on our our KPMG mental health portal to to find out more. Um, something that for our KPMG people, something you can do to access that mental health portal easily is you can just type in mental health with no spaces into your browser, and that will bring you right to our internal page to, to give more detail on all of these resources and, and some other ones. So be sure to subscribe. Tune in next week for our next episode where we're going to talk more about self-care. Thank you, everyone. I'm Brittany Hartland, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.